here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain. I would like to thank all my patron supporters at patreon.com slash bsmpod for continuing to support me and what I'm doing. Big shout outs to my senior producers, especially we have Ventus Official and my mom and dad. Love you all. Thank you for your support, for everybody's support. New announcement type thing just before we get started here for the people who follow the podcast on a semi-regular basis. My Discord server is now open. When I say that, I mean if you look at my link tree or whatever, you'll see a link to the Discord. You can hop in and say hello. I'm trying to have conversations with y'all every day as much as I'm able to bandwidth-wise handle that. But the point is, is that's a new thing in 2023. So stop by in and say hello. Now, I'm very excited to have yet another photographer. I've previously had on Battery who does stuff based out in Tri-State. Not super a lot of events anymore. Uh, partially because he moved down to Tennessee, but there've been some great, great portfolios out there that batteries put out is my point. Now I turn to the UK. We have Verd here from all the way from the UK to talk about not just not just a melee side of things because you've photographed melee events, of course, but also yep. ultimate side of things. So I'm stretching my zone a little bit here. I know I call it bottom of the Smash Mountain and not the melee mountain, but I talk about melee so much that it's so cool. To give myself an opportunity to hear a little bit more about Ultimate, I played it for a while, but we're not necessarily here to talk about gameplay either. We're here to talk about you. All that to say, I'm very happy <laughs> to have you on, Verd. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, and thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I saw the tweet. Somebody gave you a glowing recommendation for, hey, you need to get Verd at your events. And then I look at your portfolio. I'm looking at your Twitter. I'm going, yeah, Verd is really cool. And I remember seeing some of those pictures <laughs> from 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 Fate, but I didn't mm. actually, I didn't connect. See, I did that bad thing, right? I didn't connect who the person <laughs> was who took all the great pictures, and that was you. So it, I went yeah. back and looked at that portfolio again because, oh, that's memory lane. Skirza was there. Amsa was there. <laughs> that was one of Amsa's first big wins this year to kind of make everybody go, oh, Amsa could possibly yeah. win tournaments with more people. You get it. So obviously I'm thinking the melee side of things, but you haven't just <laughs> done Fate. You've done other events out in the UK and Ireland. And something for the people to know while we still have most of you audience retention you're doing a, a yearbook for 2022 like a physical copy yeah. book is that right yeah and as we record this hot scoop which i haven't actually announced yet is going to be going on sale uh next week ah well, for pre-order um but yeah it was kind of the thing that i clocked that i had shot um over half of all smash ultimate events in the uk that had over 100 entrants last year and so i figured hey i can put something together out of this if for no other reason than i would like to have something that i can hold in my hand and be like hey look i made this <laughs> um but i was able to sort of make it into a much bigger community thing um managing to rope in photographer other photographers from up and down the country and two from over in ireland as well to really make it that full community thing um and yeah it's really exciting and gonna be coming soon <laughs> so this will go out before next week so now y'all know to keep an eye at at photo on twitter and that will be in the links in the description below you guys yeah. all get it you all y'all get it so i'm happy to hear that that's going on sale officially because i was looking at the tweet and i was going don't see a 
a link or link in the replies type comment. It's just more of this is coming and there's a picture of it and we're all going, oh, I saw Tori over over here in the US uh, doing a QRT, a quote retweet kind of thing. That's so cool, by the way. You seem to you do seem to have a pretty collaborative spirit. That is one of the questions that I wanted to ask you about because I see you yeah. bumping up other photographers. I mean, I'm, I'm curious about it, the collaborative spirit, where, where you think that comes from. Is that the way you were raised or is that something you've learned by being in the community or how would you how would you phrase it? Um, it's kind of a tough one because I don't re I've never really had any sort of competition when it comes to UK smash photography, because when I started doing it, there wasn't really anyone else doing it. So I've never had that sort of fighting spirit of, I need to beat <laughs> other people down kind of drilled into me. Like that's just <laughs> not there. <laughs> so anytime I see another photographer, I'm like, yes, um, do it as well. It's fun. It's great. I swear. And so any, so there's a hand, very small handful of other UK photographers now. And anyone that I see taking any sort of interest, if they're like posting a bunch of photos that they've taken on their phone or whatever, I'm like, here, have my spare camera for this event. Do whatever you want on it. Cause I just want more people to be doing it. And if like with the yearbook, if I can give back to them monetarily, that's great. Um, but even if it's just sort of encouragement and like, here's how I do things, here's how I operate, then I also think that's really, really useful. Shouts out to John Dad's son for following on Twitch, by the way. We are live, of course, while we do this. So thank you, John Dad's son. Don't know who that is. They seem to know you. Anyway, <laughs> that's cool that you have a couple people stopping through. So you're talking about how you don't have the, the, the big competitive spirit in, I think, it depends on the person, right? Because I've heard people talk on my podcast before or other content that I've watched. They talk about how that comp that competitive spirit doesn't come out until I guess you start to care about something in a, in a, when you're, you might just be playing games with your friends and then all of a sudden you start to want to win more and you go, wait, what's this feeling? Like some, sometimes <laughs> it depends on the person, but it's like a deep seated, not going to grow until you water it kind of an idea, right? Like you, you start to feed that side of yourself and yeah. wake it up. Do you think that is within you somewhere or do you go, no, nah, no, nah, not really. I got into this because I was playing Smash competitively. Like, all right. All right. Just taking a camera to events and it sort of grew from there. Mm. But it, yeah, no, it, I'm an incredibly competitive person, but I know when to sort of put that aside. Ah. So when it comes to like photography in the UK, I want people at the events that I can't be at for whatever reason, because I think having photos at events is such an important thing. It's really difficult for, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if anyone else gets this, but like I struggle to remember events that there aren't photos of. Because photos just give that like one key moment and it's like, oh yeah, that happened and it definitely happened because there's this picture of it kind of thing. I like that because there are a lot of events that I have been to locals where there might be only a top three photo op afterwards of the top three finishers, mm -hmm. but then there wasn't really a whole lot else or, or, or nothing else. And the few photos that I found recently, what I was, I was, cause I was looking for a bunch for our local scene and I was going, 
wow, we are really not good at taking and posting pictures <laughs> of our events. But when you see one, you go, it was on this night, this person won, or I had this for dinner with the people afterwards. Cause you know, we'll, we'll go to <laughs> yeah. a bar or whatever afterwards. It's not just we're there to play video games, but then we'll go out somewhere and socialize afterwards. That's, that's part of the joy of, of locals, especially or for bigger mm. events. Thankfully, they, they do make sure there's somebody like you there and there, there are pictures that you see afterwards. It might even be years later, but you see it and it does that 1000 words in a picture idea. Mm. It just fills in everything else and you get a really great trip down memory lane. So there, you're, you're right in saying that it helps to make sure that it, this, this was a real thing, but it, it helps to bring it all back because if I try to recall an event that I went to a long time ago, just by memory. I don't know if you have even one picture, you can bring it all back yeah. so much better and, and tell, tell a story as compared to, yeah, I did that. Uh, what else happened that day? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of why I leave my entire back catalog of every event I've ever taken a camera to live on my website, where even like looking back at the events I shot at, like, start of 2017 the first event i ever took a camera to before i knew what a white balance was or what a raw photo was or anything like that which are super basic to me now um i leave those up because even though the pictures are terrible there's still something really important about having that documentation of the scene Yes, and I'm ashamed of some of the production scale levels of my podcast previously before <laughs> where I am now. So I, I feel that that upgrade process. Did you start taking... Okay, you, you talked about playing competitively, but then you hmm. found yourself bringing camera along and wanting to take pictures in a group yeah. from there. So tell me about the first Smash game that you actually played. So I feel like you're young enough that you were not uh, uh, playing video games when Smash 64 came out. So put me into the... Yeah, so so put me (laughs) in when you you remember playing Smash for the first time. What game was it and what was it like? Um, So I grew up with Melee, but not competitively at all. Um, My older brother grew up, had a GameCube. And so, of course, we had Melee because we had a GameCube. Um, but in terms of competitive, I was playing Smash 3DS a lot. Mm. <laughs> and that was kind of my on-ramp of, I had hundreds and hundreds of that in Smash 3DS. And then I also started playing Project M, just playing it on Netplay. So I had Smash 3DS, and I had a GameCube controller and adapter. And I saw that there was a Smash 4 tournament near me, and I was like, well, it's basically Smash 3DS, I'll, I'll go along. <laughs> so the first time I ever played on Lilat um, was in bracket at that first tournament. I'd never actually played on a Wii U before that event. <laughs> That's rough. And, I mean, it turned out all right. I think I got like second in Ami bracket or something, which, you know, for a first event, it's not too bad. Mm, the game sense was um, strong. Nice. I mean, yeah, but I, I don't really compete anymore. Um, I, it's, it's the nine to five life. I just don't have the time to practice and the hours to put in to feel stay relevant enough. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have my way of keeping myself amused at events, so it's fine. Yes, because even pretty... Did you bring a camera that first tournament or was it just a little bit later because you started no. making like connections? So you know? I started competing... Uh, in July of 2015, um, the first event I took a camera to was 
in January of 2017. So there was a solid year and a half between me starting to ghost tournaments, getting embedded in the scene, and then being like, hey, what if I brought my camera? Mm. What's this uh, What's this white background thing you were talking about earlier? Can you educate me on that if it's a basic thing? It sounds like it could be easy oh. to explain. Yeah, so white balance is basically mm. the color shift of um, the photo. So it's basically a setting to make the white things in the frame actually look white. Um, so right now I can see that my camera is very orange, which is making me look quite orange just because of the color of the lights. Um, so you'd correct that by shifting it in a way to make what should be white, like this wall, actually white. Basically ah, just that. That's a pretty, that feels like a something that, yeah, I wouldn't really think about guess this wall is supposed to be white as well i guess i don't know <laughs> i actually have this halo lights tinted it would normally be a very led very almost a pale bluish white color you know that you know what i'm talking about mm. but they, it has a couple of different like color settings so this is some makes my face a little bit less pale i guess i mean look i'm about <laughs> as pale as i come anyway so <laughs> i can't really do a whole lot but i could do enough to not make it super bad but i guess it does make the wall not look white anymore there's a thought <laughs> okay i learned something new that's awesome i'm curious about i i should just have eventually i should have turned down for walt on again because we were arguing about a limiter on oh. audio how much do you how much do you dabble with audio stuff do you do any filming or is it just pictures um i basically don't do videography or anything like that. Um, or at least not within the Smash sphere. I was educated and I did a degree in film studies and film production and stuff. So I am able to do that stuff. It's just very much the thing of, because I prefer doing photography so much more, and I really don't like splitting my focus between the two at one event, because I any time that I'm like in video mode, I'm thinking I could be getting photos of this. <laughs> and it's the exact same thing the other way around, where when I'm in photo mode, I'm like, I could be getting video of this. And something always gets missed if you're trying to wear both hats at once, which is why if you want both, you should just hire two people. Oh, that's a good solution. Get two yeah. people working. That's awesome. <laughs> you're you're doing such a you're doing such a cool thing for the for the videographers. For vid, 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 I'm done. I'm moving on to another <laughs> word. So then if you you could probably maybe speak to this from your education standpoint. Mm -hmm. If I put a limiter on my audio intake so that it doesn't go into the yellow and red, you know, the decibel registration on how yes. close you are to the mic and such and such, if you yep. could put on a filter limiter so that it will stop your audio level from going too far into yellow and red, is that a real thing? Or, this is Walt's perspective, you should just have somebody actually monitoring the levels if they start to raise their voice bring down their intakes so that they don't go into the to the like the, like blow out the microphone or anything yeah. what is your opinion on this matter from your education standpoint now i'm not uh, saying from uh, your, from a I decent mean, experience you know i get it <laughs> uh i mean what is 100 percent correct the best solution is physically having someone with a mixing desk and just moving that slider but it's not always feasible to have that extra set of hands. And if you can't, then a limit is fine. Like, it's obviously not the optimal solution, but it does work. But I don't understand. My voice never goes beyond a certain limit when my... I don't understand what the problem is. 
It's basically, if you think of the shape of a waveform, as you see it, right, and you get the sort of rises and bumps, what a limiter does is it sets a cap of where that waveform's going to go. So if the waveform starts to go over it, instead it's just making that noise. Yep. Which has the effect of fully compressing everything that's above it into this squish. So everything that's above it, all the detail in that audio just gets lost. Whereas if it's slid down, you still get the full waveform shape, which is what you like because the full dynamic range. Okay, but also I don't like blowing out my ears, and I know something that I always <laughs> complain about, something that I always complain about for listening to podcasts, it'll be too quiet and then it'll be too mm. loud. And I go, well, what's the point here? I mean, I, I, what I would like to hear is clear, yeah. uh, you know, people talking, and then if they start to yell and laugh and get excited and, you know, that's all super fun. We like a little bit of range and not for it just to sound like this the whole time of falling asleep already. But I don't like having my ears blown out. I hate it. And actually I, I feel like other people feel the same way as me. They'll go, oh, it's too quiet and then too loud. So am I committing a big sin by doing the cap or is it just like a necessary evil? No, not at all. It's not a huge sin, I don't think. I mean, I'm someone that when I'm editing a podcast, the first thing I do is just slap a compressor on it. Mm. So <laughs> I really can't speak to maintaining audio fidelity. Like, I accept that it's gone. So, but... <laughs> how, how, you talked about taking thousands on thousands of photos per each event. Mm. And yeah. I want to know... Where, are you just literally trying to capture every single moment when you're in that? Because your 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 photography seemed to be, oh, I can't do video because I want to take a picture of this right now. So <laughs> you were talking about that earlier. Does that mean when yeah. you're in picture mode, you're going, wait, somebody's laughing and try to take a pic? Like, is it like, no, what, what's the goal there? It's not so much that. Um, I think the thread you're referencing is probably the one where I was like, this is how much I get paid and per event and yes. so on and so on. Um, but basically, I currently take about 3,000 photos per day at an event, which is overshooting. I, I hold my hands up and admit that I'm overshooting. I'm making too much work for myself. But that is primarily because I work at a continuous shutter. So it, every time I press the shutter button, I'm taking three, four, five, six photos, however many, depending on the moment, obviously. Um, that is purely so that I make sure that if someone's popping off, I get the full thing. I get the start of it, I get the end of it. I don't miss anything in the middle because I pulled the shutter at the wrong time. It also means that if it's like a group shot, then I can choose the best option because people blink and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. That means I can do cheeky things like, hey, on three, say, whatever the event name is, and then pull the shutter when I'm on two and just keep it rolling and just pick the best one. Um, so it's not it's 3000 different like scenarios that. it's it, no. it's going to be no, it's, it's going to be much less than that but it's a, it's not a shotgun effect <laughs> but it almost estimate, is yeah if i had to estimate it would probably be like 8 to 900 actual shots i think average burst probably slightly over 3 maybe it might be underestimating that it might be closer to 4 but, i don't feel like doing yeah. math <laughs> So but, that's, yeah, it, but that still feels like that still yeah. feels like a, a lot. So you've gotten to the point where you can see all these pictures, and and kind of just like whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. how fast do you throw the ones that you don't want on the floor? Because my my stress level when it would come to here is your project, you need to cut 
a mm. lot out of it. I go, my babies, like that. That would be my thing. But you, you're, you're, you're trying to make the 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 fee that you charged to take pictures at the event make that count for spending yeah, less time on the project as possible. So you have that challenge in front of you and you've mastered it. <laughs> so just t take me through the process a little bit. Yeah. So my culling process from how I get to that 3000 down to the hundred or so that I'll post, um, probably that probably is a better way of doing it than what I do. But what I do at the moment is, um, I use a five star rating system. Um, Anything with one star are the things that were rated in camera. And those are the things that you'll see on my Twitter feed or on the TO's team Twitter feed during the day of the event. Because that's the stuff that I've pulled off my camera onto my phone, edited on my phone at the event and sent off to wherever it needs to go. Um, then when I get home afterwards, the first pass of culling, I'll rank everything that passes that cull two stars. And that's basically just picking the best photo from each photo bust and but not bothering to rank the photos that definitely don't bother don't make any cut anyway right sure um so that first cull generally cuts things down to like 400 or so oh and very then nice i progressively get less and less so three star four star five star cull whatever until i'm at about 100 and i'm happy with every shot that's in there Sometimes it can be done in like two culls. Sometimes it takes three. Sometimes it takes the full four. But it's a relatively streamlined process. There's definitely better ways of doing it, but it's what I found works for me. No, that's what I'm saying. There's uh, different ways to do it, right? Like you're like you're saying, it's in the same way that you can play Smash in different ways. You can either play Samus. <laughs> or you could play somebody who uses less reliance on projectiles. And for the record, I'm not sliding Samus's. <laughs> I am only thinking of Samus because I played one uh, in ranked for Slippy, ranked Slippy <laughs> the other day. And that was that was good. I did actually end up winning, but it was not looking good for a second. But so I, let's go. We, we, landed, we landed on our feet. We landed on our feet. So when you think about the time that you you were talking about the beginning of 2017 when you started taking pictures right yep and then you're now going into 2023 that means it's been that means you're going into the sixth year this is it's been a five-year anniversary kind of thing am i am i thinking of that no six-year anniversary you're going into your seventh year uh, now is that it because seven Jesus Christ. is six, yeah. yeah six six years right and now you're going into your seventh year yeah <laughs> what, what, actually, what, com what comes to mind other than freck old or something i don't know you get it um i don't know i just i literally have a spreadsheet open on my other monitor of all the events i've ever shot and i'm just looking at it like yeah i know that that is six years of shooting events um it's just just a long time isn't it <laughs> So what's one of been what's been your favorite recent learned lesson because you talked about continually learning and making the process mm. better and for me I'm always trying to pick up little tricks although I will say I can't recall the last one that I did oh never mind I'm just kidding I had to move my entire setup 
Let me go backwards. So first, I had to have my computer set up hiding in a closet every time I wasn't using it because of my two children. They would just get into it and break something. They don't mean to. They just they can't they can't help it. They're still little, and so every time I have to put it somewhere where it's out of their reach. So it's it's setting up. It's tearing down every single time. A full tower, two monitors set up. So that's fun. But mm. recently reconfigured my wife and I's room uh, to make it so that I can have this set up in here. Most of the electronics are out of their reach and now they are old enough in a, like it's been a year since i've had this so they kind of understand a little bit more to not touch it or to only touch it when i'm here so that's great that's yeah. great but i had to redo the sound how this microphone cap catches me because i had a very specific way of doing it downstairs it changed up here so i learned a bunch of new tricks in obs while i was trying to figure all that stuff out so you can name something that comes to mind that you've learned recently that you remember learning recently about what you like to do with taking pictures or the editing process or, or whatever part yeah. of the process comes to mind. Yeah. So in terms of a specific thing, it's definitely going to be something in the editing. Cause I think when it comes to the composition and actual shooting of photos, I think that's a much more holistic process. There's not necessarily a, Hey, I've learned to do this kind of thing. It's just you progress over time. It's like, I like taking this kind of shot. I think this looks good kind of thing. But no, um, the big come up for me in this last year was building my own Lightroom presets. And so that I have something in my pocket that I can just whip out and in like three presses of various things on Lightroom, I can have a photo very, very close to being edited and only needing very slight tweaks, which is why I can get that turnaround time so quick. How long? Wait. So presets. Oh no, I know what you're talking about now. Okay. So, so you have just, yes. I mm -hmm. photo into Lightroom. I click one button on the other side of the screen. And it just it applies comes all out all the mm -hmm. things. Yeah. And then from there, it's just slight tweaks, photo to photo. So this is not a process. This is not a process that you could take a really bad photo and it'll instantly make it look better. You're putting something good into it, and then it actually can tweak everything you want it to properly. Yeah automatically because it, like, like i'm thinking of <laughs> i'm thinking of like this magical machine where you could put something with either poor lighting or it's out of focus and whoosh, yeah. it's better but that's not true is it no no and a lot of the skill is finding the spots where the lighting is good or finding the angle to make the lighting seem good even if it's awful um how do you feel about indoor lighting <laughs> okay please continue i'm <laughs> <laughs> I've shot events with your stereotypical esports red and blue ceiling lights and uh, the most recent event I shot was um, an event called Denner Dragons over in Wales and it was Wales' first big like 100 plus tournament and it was a really, really good event but for me as the photographer their stream setup had a red light behind it and a green light behind it in really awkward positions so having to work with that and even just balance the colors around the vibrant colors being lit, like lighting their faces behind them, was so difficult to work around. I was wondering how you got these, because I was like, oh, interesting. There's so much green, but there's not really green on their faces. Now I understand you were... Oh, yeah, if you're looking at the Dana Dragon photos, yeah, it's yeah, literally yeah. lights behind the sort of seating around there yeah. that are pointed directly upwards. 
Um, oh, so it's just yeah, I see it in one of the shots. The yeah, bright green. That's tough. Can't yes. put that through a normal preset. Sheesh. <laughs> no, I had to improvise on the day and rebuild presets in Lightroom Mobile to get anything serviceable out on the day. And even then, some of the skin tones ended up horrific. Even just scrolling through it now, some of these skin tones are very red, but it is what it is. Yo, Bird, we want you to shoot our next event. That's great. Are you using green and red lights? Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll bring. I'll just bring the sauce this time. <laughs> what was... Okay, it's hard to pick favorites, right? But I want to just take out on a limb. Did you enjoy Fate 2 just because it wasn't the average event? It was probably one of the biggest or the biggest event of the year or is it more of no i really um, like the small moments the small the smaller events you, you tell me fate is very unique within at least within the european calendar um and i it was maybe the only event i went to this year that i'd have been going to as a player anyway um because I'm very much a P plus player and they had P plus and we're going to be the biggest event of the year for it. Mm. Um, but no, I think in terms of, I don't know, Fate, Fate's a weird one because the week before Fate, we had Regen 2022, which is the biggest ultimate tournament in the UK. You and were then, busy. And then four days later, I was on the other end of the country shooting fate and it was just like this is i have no time to rest in between yeah because you got to <laughs> go through all these photos from regen 2022 and then you're like all right now it's time to ramp up into fate fate yeah. because their their people are arriving as early as thursday i imagine not that you're taking pictures yeah. on thursday but you get it they probably I start a couple on, of setup ones but yeah but you're starting on you're it's at least you're at least starting on friday full swing there's no yeah, yeah, yeah. no chill yeah because fate was also is the only time i've ever done portrait commissions at an event and yeah, and I was wondering about that as well because some of these some of these portrait commissions turn out really nicely. Yeah, so that's basically just because Fate's the place that I had the most time because it is such a long scale event. Um, it, I think I only took portrait commissions on the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Today was obviously just blocked out for the top end of brackets and all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, it. It's literally just because it's when I had the time. <laughs> oh, and you know what? You're talking about it being a multi-day event. Some of these other, mm. like, Dens of Dragons, you probably have it just for one day. You're only there one day. Everybody's only there one day. So I don't have time to take portraits of you right now. <laughs> Can't you see there's pools going on or, or what have you? Yeah. Do people ask, though? Um. Yeah, it's kind of a thing where... With Fate, obviously, they were paid portraits, so it was a lot of effort. It was going out of the actual venues and away from the setups, unless people wanted photos with setups, which a handful of them did. And going away from all that and taking just sort of nice portraits or whatever they were wanting, really. Um, but yeah, when it comes to people mid-event being like, oh, can you just take a picture of this kind of thing? And it's like, yeah, sure, if it takes me 30 seconds, I'll point my camera at it and pull the trigger, because why not? Um, <laughs> or like if people are like hey can you get a group photo of the scene from our city kind of thing it's just like yes find me when you have everyone then I'll do then, it yes I was about to say <laughs> is everybody it, here it oh, no. maximizing how much I can get done with my time there because I'm only there for 12 hours or however, however long I end up being at the event 
Did you say only 12 hours? That's insane. Because you're talking about an all-day event. Most people aren't there for all 12 hours. Just just staff and the the you know the enthusiasts. But take Big House for example. (laughs) Big House was a three-day event, and Mm. on Sunday, as soon as melee top eight was over. And I mean this politely, sorry, Ultimate, but uh, we, the Melee players, we bounced. We we went out to a mm. restaurant. We had, and I knew I was going to be driving back overnight back home. It was yeah. about a six or seven, eh, like a seven hour drive back home. And I knew I was going to be doing that overnight. So I'm going, well, if we leave now, then we could walk. So like, meanwhile, uh, all the streaming staff is still there and yeah. people like Juggle Guy are still there. The photographers like yourself are, not that you're at Big House, but you understand what I'm saying. We're still there. They, they can't well, leave they, and they're they that's the that's the end of a very very long week of just being there for 14 15 16 hours and only getting to yeah. go back to a hotel crash for like three hours and that's it then you have to get right back to it the next morning yeah yeah no that's a familiar experience <laughs> but but when you're thinking about you get to have a lot of great events. It looks like over there in the UK and in and in Ireland, Wales, uh, Scotland. If you've taken pictures of events in Scotland, can't say I have. Unfortunately, oh, it's okay. a bit far to travel for me. Okay, well, I mean, if they hey, look, you don't have to fly out a top player. You could just you could just fly out bird to take pictures of your I event. Mean, if they cover the expenses to get me to Scotland, I would go to Scotland. But mm-hmm. I accept that there's only so much money in the pot and paying Indeed. more than my rate in travel costs is somewhat ridiculous. But also, hey, in, in fairness, I can't think of a single event for Melee coming out of Scotland. I'd imagine it would be ultimate events, maybe an ultimate slash another game like melee event so they just you know no pressure scotland just like grow to the point where i recognize an event name from your you used to have the hype spotting series which was fgc slash smash but that was years and years ago now that would have been like 2015 2016 that was smash 4 era when you were still new yeah to the scene in general before i was taking pictures of stuff (laughs) that's a shame yeah, because I I think I think uh, Air is UK and Fade is UK. There's another yeah. event that I feel like I should know the name of, but I it's not coming to my mind right now. Of an event that is kind of it draws a lot of people, at least from Europe, out to the UK for the for it. But I can't recall what it is exactly. So that's um, that's an L for me. That's unfortunate. But for the <laughs> yeah the big events, I'm just thinking about how you've gotten to do a lot of those big events, and that's really really cool. Mm. I'm just curious about your if you've done this for a while now, you seem to be pretty like oh yeah this is great I'm this is chill. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about the what well now what vibe because for me I don't know what I'm going to be thinking in four years when I get to year mm. six because now I'm in, I've done it for two years I'm going into my third year of podcasting I go. Well, I would imagine it would be kind of cool to go to more events, go to Europe for an event. I would love to. I just don't think I'm going to be able to actually get out to a place like like the uh, the next air tournament or uh, HF LAN, whenever it happens mm-hmm. this year. So it's unfortunate. But for you, is it a goal of yours to try to take a take 
picture somewhere where they say, we're not going to pay for you to travel here, but if you travel here, we'll pay you to do pictures at this event. Or would you want to go to a big event overseas? doesn't have to be in the United States, by the way. For all <laughs> I know, you, Verd, might be just the biggest Smash Factor fan and you want to go to Mexico. I don't know. <laughs> but would you, do you think of an event that you go, oh, it would be so cool to go. I want to go. I will maybe take steps to going because that's how tough it is to travel overseas. Mm. I do know at least that much. Yeah, no, it's, I would love to do international events, um, whether that's on the mainland Europe continent or whether that's over in the States, wherever, um, because you're talking about sort of what the future holds kind of thing. And I very much accept that I'm sort of pushing the boundaries of what I can do in the UK already. Like I'm already shooting the regens, the fates, the so on and so on obviously assuming things continue and they have me back <laughs> um but that's why things like the yearbook are coming about because it's like how can i push this further how can i push myself further um and the, the scary steps are that i'm gonna pay to do transatlantic travel and try and make that money back by shooting whatever events over in the states or anything like that and as much as I'd love to do it, and I'm confident in my abilities in doing it, it's such a huge step to be like, I'm giving a thousand pounds to an airline to take me away, and hopefully my bank account still has some numbers in it by the time I'm home. What is the nine to five stuff that you do without saying exactly what it is, but like you're doing nine to five stuff as yeah. well as on the weekends being the, the, <laughs> the weekend war doing the pictures and stuff. So how much, how much, uh, how much of a possibility do you think if, uh, somebody said we will pay you to do our event, but we're not going to pay for you to travel to our event. And it's in mainland Europe. That's distinctly more of a possibility than going to Europe, the United yeah. States. Right. Yeah, so I just work a pretty standard 9 to 5. I work in a communications department for a charity. Like, I have annual leave days that I basically bank up to use for traveling to events. So if it's if I have like a two-day event in the UK somewhere, I'll generally like take the Monday after off or that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, if an international TO was, if like a French TO hit me up and was like, hey, come come shoot our event, I'd be like, yeah, cool, I'm on board. <laughs> because uh, like i'm thinking to myself it has to be at least somewhat easier to travel to mainland europe than it would be to travel to either the u.s or or even beyond so yeah. maybe that is a semi-realistic step but if you don't have that happen to you in all of 2023 or all of 2024 what does that do to kind of your your perspective of trying to push the limits of this not that you're okay. I haven't gotten the impression that you're thinking I must push the limits or else, but I, I feel as if you're saying to yourself, I wish to continue to rise to the challenge of something that's slightly higher than what it was before. There's still a little bit of just the teetiest of a competitor. <laughs> like you're almost trying to outdo yourself, maybe like a runner who's, yeah. who's saying, I want to run farther than I have or faster than I have before. Yeah. No, that's 100% it is that I don't, ever want to sit still. I always want to be pushing myself on as much as I can, right? I always want to be doing new things and learning new things that I can do and new approaches and all that kind of stuff. And so it's it's a tough one because I don't necessarily see myself actively going for those international events because it is such a risk and such a commitment. 
and I doubt I'm going to be sliding into the DMs of any um, international tournament organizers being like, hey, hire me, kind of thing. Because um, it, it is just such a different thing. Um, when it comes to how I push myself in terms of photography in the UK, it's honestly doing things other than Smash events. It's really pushing out into other fighting games, other esports, or even beyond that into uh, other uh, areas of photography entirely. Don't do weddings though. Well, maybe you do want to do weddings. Some of these people, <laughs> I saw somebody got, somebody got, yeah, somebody got in trouble for supposedly not wanting to spend $250,000 on a wedding. And I go, because I'm thinking of how much yeah, my a wife and I spent. It was a lot less than 250000 yeah. like fractions of a percent of that total sum. Crazy. But yeah, the wedding industry, I mean, it seems seems crazy to get into. Like really well-paying, but also um, stressful is my impression of it. Have you ever done somebody's wedding as a favor or like a wedding gift or never any weddings? I haven't, no. I've got one booked in for May later this year. Oh, so this will be the first um, one? It will be, yeah. Woo! But that is a friend's wedding so it's not like as massively high stakes as if it was a stranger coming to me being like shoot my wedding here's a lot of money it's people who i've known for years and yeah so i know that exactly what they want and they brought me on because they know the way that i shoot and the way that my photos generally turn out so is there somebody who you look to as inspiration for continuing to either learn more or discover more about photography or at this point do you feel like well i go as far as i want to go it's not going to be somebody else who fills me with more ideas like where do you look to for inspiration within or do you expand out i think it's always so important to be looking to others to sort of see what looks can be achieved what you can do with things in the space so um you mentioned tori earlier uh blue rose blue rose tori on twitter um i highly recommend checking out her stuff because I think she's a wedding photographer by trade, and it really shows in the photos of Smash events that she takes, because it has that sort of warm glow, and it really does give a lot to the sort of photos and her style. Um, but even outside of Smash and the sort of gaming sphere, I look to a lot of gig photography, because they're the ones that also have to work with weird lighting and a lot of strange things while also having to be very very in the moment of whatever the singer the guitarist the drummer whatever whatever that moment is they have to be there and be right on it so for that there's a photographer i follow called um rosario gutierrez um i think her handles like don't shoot skrillex or something like that but she does the most unique gig photography and her use of color is fantastic and I really wish that I could replicate it, but I, I have no idea how she does it. <laughs> so what would be more appealing then if it's a, a show? Like, I think of it like as a concert. That's what I call it. You called it a gig. If it would be a gig or, or a wedding, like what's more appealing to you? Because they're, they're, two, different, they're two different shoots that you'd have to do for, for, for both of them. I would definitely rather take a gig over a wedding assuming that like pay was equal which they never will be across those two but right no assuming money was no factor i definitely want to do a gig over a wedding purely just because that's the style of photography i like a lot more i like finding those moments in the chaos 
Whereas obviously weddings are much slower moving thing. A lot of it's very not not necessarily stage staged, but you know that the bride's going to come down the aisle. They have a rehearsal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know exactly how it's all going to go, and there's never quite that spark of just that needle in the haystack moment of catching the eye of whoever at exactly the right moment with insane stage lighting going on behind and all that kind of stuff. Finding that moment within the chaos is I'm hopefully I will remember that beyond today. Cause that's probably, that's <laughs> like a, that is a top something quote of the year to my brain so far. That's awesome. I mean, it's there, the 6th of January. Yeah. And it's the, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, this is a day that Americans will remember for a long time because of what happened a couple of January 6s ago. We just uh, can't oh, help yeah. ourselves. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm thinking now you're you're talking about the the preference of trying to go for that moment in the chaos, right? So yeah. when you when you're when you're at events, it's it is where you find the best satisfaction when you go, I got that moment when you find it and you get it. That that is that the biggest thing to you? Or is it just um, uh, something else that, that you really enjoy still doing it after all these years? No, 100% is absolutely finding that moment and being able to point at the shot afterwards and be like, holy shit, I, I did that. I found that moment. So like the two that really stand out from this last year for me was at Fate, um, when Amza won, and as f I, I don't care what people say, when Amza won his first major at Fate 2, <laughs> it, it predates Big House and all the other stuff he went on to do. Exactly. And there's one shot specifically of Amza holding his controller up to the crowd. Um, I have it on the homepage of my website, and he's framed just in front of the projector screen with his arm sort of verging over the set edge of it. And one thing a lot of people don't appreciate about having a projector in a picture is that it scans progressively. So the light on the screen behind him is moving constantly. Yep. And the composition of that moment of that exact shot came together so perfectly with where the light line going across just above his head. And yeah, I, I love that shot dearly. Yeah, I was noticing that you had it obviously uh, front and page, but I didn't know how important the projection in the background was. I just thought to myself, with multiple light sources, it still turned out, the AMSA himself still turned out really nicely. So I thought, that must be the point. Of nope, it was the projector. And you're talking about going through that whole picture, and I'm seeing what you're talking about. And that's pretty nice. Also, who holds up? <laughs> that's sort of like... Wizrobe won an event. It was Smash Factor, I believe. I don't think, mm. no, because I remember S Smash and Splash 5, he sort of did like the, ah, yell. I think it was Smash <laughs> Factor 9 where he waved with, a, like, holding the cord, waving the controller around like it was a web or something. <laughs> but it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. So this is actually pretty chill in comparison. He's just holding up his controller like it's like, yeah, this so is my sword, you know, after, the, after winning a battle. The kind of secret to that shot is that that's not actually the pop-off. Right, um, no, that looked like it was afterwards, I also right? I have on my homepage, it's the one where he's got the two fingers up to the crowd. Yeah, 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 but um, no, I know uh, Amsa's pop-off. He does it every single time he wins a tournament. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. I'm not going to show it. I've done enough demonstrating. Yeah. 
But yeah, the shot where he's holding the microphone is when he's addressing the crowd after, uh, I think just before the sort of prize giving and the trophy giving point. Yeah, the top eight finish stuff, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was at that point. But yeah, the other moment that I'm immensely proud of um, was from way back at the beginning of um, 2022, uh, Invasion January 2022, which is probably an event name which means nothing to most Americans. And deep cut of UK Smash Ultimate. Um, <laughs> but there was a set of GP versus Pelly, which are both very well-known names in the UK. Um, Pelly, obviously, what was it? He, he won VCA 2021 over Gluto. And GP is a very long-standing figure in the UK scene. Um, was one of the biggest, was the TO for Albion, which might be a name that rings a bell for you guys. And it was a moment of GP beating Pelly and having this massive pop-off moment. Um, I'll drop a link to that. I'm the seeing it literally as you're talking order. about it. This energy here. Yeah, so it's... The beard makes it even better, in my opinion. And I have to say... <laughs> That looks like um that looks like somebody being unleashed. Yeah, so it's specifically the photo that I just dropped in Discord for you. Okay, at, you can at, just at, see yeah, at the kill screen. The yeah, eyes yeah. wide. Yeah, and on the stream screen at the top, you can see the ultimate like kill splash screen. Yes. And just below it on the set that they're actually playing on, you can see the Sonic rocketing into the sky. Yeah. And just the moment. I, I love that shot. And it was shot on a shit camera. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, just casually. I just that camera legitimately sucks, by the way. That shot, like, how did I manage to do it? <laughs> no, I had a massive kit upgrade in March of last year, which is why well, I should kind of get away with saying that. But. Well, hey, I mean... <laughs> You know, you're talking about getting better. Why don't you just let people say, oh, the whole group isn't together here. Let me go and get them. And then an hour later, you're still ready to go. Like, all right, now I'll take the picture and get back to what I was doing. Oh, the pools are over. Yeah. Right then. <laughs> Handicap yourself war. Take pictures with one hand or with eyes closed. No, I'm not. I'm kidding. Don't do any of that. This, this, the, the, there's like, again, different stories all being told in each part of the shot. I think that's really cool mm. as well. Like both ones that we've talked about specifically are there's more than one thing happening. And so you're capturing somehow in one moment, actually multiple moments. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. And I have realized that part of my just photographic style is that I tend to shoot quite a bit wider than a lot of other photographers do. So I get a lot more in the frame. And I think it is because, like, like you're saying, there's a little bit added by each element in the frame. So thinking about that one of DP, you've got whoever's arm that is, I have no idea who it is now, just but verging they over know, one They know what's happening, the they're happy. They know what's happening. And that's just a bit of an implication of what's happening just the other side of the camera, where you've got all the people popping off over it. And you've got the top right where it's it's an incredibly busy frame, but everything just adds to the narrative of the photo. So let's see, invasion. Uh and DPB winning an event a couple of years before prior over over Gluto. That's a pretty good win. And mm. okay. 
I'm just curious about who all these people are. This is cool to me just because I don't, I don't recognize anybody that's here. <laughs> well, how about this? You, you don't have to do it specifically from Invasion. Who are some of your favorite UK-based players? Ultimate, Melee, P+. Shouts out to P+, by the way. Love P+. You tell me, like, who are some of the people that you think, you know what? People in the U.S. should know these people's names. You know, if they ever come to the U.S. or if you come to our events here, watch out. Kind of a thing. I think there's competitors, do you mean? Yes, absolutely. But if you want to talk about TOs or fellow photographers or anybody else in the in the community, by all means, tell me who are some people that you think... I mean, I feel like in the last year, a lot of the top UK players have done a very good job of sort of getting themselves known. Because obviously, like, this time last year, no one would have known who Bloom Forever was. And now he's sort of in that conversation of in sort of the higher echelon of players. The same way, like, Lugi probably wouldn't have been known 12 months ago to anyone outside the UK, but now he's considered, like, the best Luigi in the world kind of thing. Um, in terms of competitors, people should know. It's really hard to say, because our top cut, yeah, just getting known, it's Bloom, it's Lugi. Um, who else is probably up there? People like Owl Babies probably should be better known than he is. Um, That's a crazy tag, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I would have remembered that if I'd heard it before. Hey, no, well, also part of what I'm saying is there's somebody who I want to eventually interview. Swarm mm. Engine has a podcast with Sharp, who's a player based in Sweden. But uh, Swarm Engine, as mm. far as I know, is UK. So when I'm yes. th so I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Swarm Engine and going, well, at Fate Two, Swarm Engine won the bronze bracket, so that's cool, right? But probably <laughs> not going to be good enough to place top sixty-four at a U.S. major if Swarm Engine came out over here to go to Big House or something, or to go to Genesis, yeah. which is uh, one of the big terms coming up. But I remember it was for Gommel, I believe, last year, get on my level in in Toronto, mm. Canada, that a lot of U.K. players for melee, at least, it felt like there was more than it. Like, obviously, Professor Pro and Frenzy, but I feel like there was a few others who came out as well. But I just thought it was so cool. And then I'll give a shout-out as well to Kingu, who I see in Melee Stats chat all the, the time. small child. All the time. <laughs> Kingu is in chat in the Melee Stats Discord server. So I'll give you a shout. Actually, somebody wants me to interview Kingu, so I should. this is a good reminder for me. I should just reach Kingu out. Kingu would for definitely interview. be interesting to interview because he is so young, I think. I don't think he's able to even play at the next Fate because Fate's 18 plus. <laughs> wow. And he's been a top player in UK Melee for a couple years now. And basically since he was like 15, 16, he was a top player. That's hilarious. You can come uh, to the do the one when you're tall enough to ride, son. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, yeah. you, that pop-up will be will be massive, I'm sure. Yeah. Like why why hasn't Kingu ever gone to a big UK event before and just like because he's a child. Like super clenching the <laughs> fist going, I would have come. I would have placed like I would have beaten Amsad Fate 2 like, or whatever you want to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what's your yeah, I think the, as far as melee players i think the big name that people should know but maybe don't is max the uk sheet player um i think they're someone that really has potential to sort of go places mm -hmm. if they ever want to break out of the uk scene 
How much pride do you take in in the uh, in like the regional type stuff, or is that more of trivial? You'll root for anybody. Like, is your favorite Smash Ultimate player not somebody based in the UK? I mean, I root for the people that I know personally. Like, I don't really have any sort of connection to players outside of it. Unless sometimes I might put a side bet on a match just to like make things a bit spicier, but no, it's I just sort of root for my friends when it comes to that kind of thing. I like that. And if I don't know any of the people, then yeah, I'll just root for the British person. Why not? Screw it. <laughs> <laughs> Chances are, if you're still taking pictures in in uh, throughout this time in 2023, which I'm sure you will, I hope you will. You'll get a lot of people to root for against uh, people that come out to the next fade or to the next air. Mm. I'm excited to see those really big events, but for the time in between, for the regionals that are hosted that you get to take shots of, looking forward to seeing more of this come out. Now, we've referenced your website several times. Let me make sure I take the time Mm -hmm. to point out that the link to it, it's you know, verdphoto.co.uk, you can find that by looking it up, audio listener. But if you're audio <laughs> listening, you will notice there is a description. You can see a link to that as well in the description. Go find where Verd has been able to show off these these uh, picture-taking... No, picture-taking... No, no, chops. Show you off your chops. Yes. <laughs> there we go. That's what I wanted to say. The last, the last sort of uh, the topic is, uh, you know, plugs and shout outs or f- closing thoughts that you have. I don't think that you necessarily have a bunch of things that you want to get off of your chest here in this context, but I always want to make sure that people feel like, oh, well, be good to everyone or any sort of thing that you like to live your life by as you close <laughs> out here. But put plugs, shouts outs, and then any closing thoughts that you have, Verd, by all means, uh, the floor is yours. Please take it and do with what yeah, you like. Yeah, so uh, in terms of plugs, if you're interested in the Smash UK and Ireland yearbook, that will be going on sale uh, next week, i.e. Uh, probably the 12th of January, um, until it'll be pre-order only. So once it's gone and delisted, you'll never be able to get it because it's all pre-order only like printed to order and that will be on sale until the 20th of february so if you're listening to this after that date sorry about that (laughs) Mm, that's tough what about people who want to order from overseas i don't think i'm going to be able to do it because we have not worked in our family for a while so things are tight but I'm saying there might be somebody over here in the U.S. who wants well, one. What about uh, that? What happens then? There will be then? shipping options if that is something that interests you. But I accept that the core people that will be buying it will be the people featured in it kind of thing, which will be the U.K. community. But yeah, there's European shipping, there's American shipping. Like, it, it all works out. Um, so, yeah. Just as long as we all know that it could possibly happen as compared to it being, yeah, no, we're not shipping outside of the UK. Sorry, if you came to one of our events and you really <laughs> like supporting me, but you live in Germany, no shot. It's not happening. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that there's that anybody can order it if they truly want to go through that process of paying for international shipping, then they can. <laughs> Because that does sound like uh, that does sound like it would be a lot. Okay, sorry. Other other shouts out. You know, people that um gave you uh like I I just don't know enough about the UK scene. So I like hearing 
any names that come to mind for people that either like gave you a shot or that brought you in and sort of welcomed you in people that you're welcoming in yourself and going i'm really excited for this person to be here because they're going places or they're such a cool influence for the for the community uh please by all means name drop as much as you like uh yes and and no pressure to name everybody though (laughs) (laughs) i i won't name everyone i won't remember everyone exactly um but i think the big name at least in the uk for giving me a shot for a lot of things is gp um he basically got me my start in photography in terms of bigger events and letting me do the dbz's and some of the albion events as well um beyond that shout out to all the team regen guys um who we are actually celebrating five years today since our first event which is insane um and it's crazy to see how far we've come in that time and looking forward to bigger and better things with um we've got well we've got new era three the uk arcadian series next weekend and we've got regen 2023 coming up in august of this year um which is hopefully going to be the biggest event we've ever hosted um i'm not going to announce a number or anything but no 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 but you know what's tough is that when's fate three oh gosh it better not be in (laughs) august come on bird we need to give you a little bit it's in july and i'm also on the to team for that as well (laughs) to help out with the p plus bracket uh p plus side of thing on there um and yeah shout out to the fate team as well because being able to shoot a melee major was insane over the summer and i'm looking forward to doing it again next year okay i didn't ask you any questions about team regen even though i said that i would i just said (laughs) so just real quick real quick real quick i mean what's the uh what's the what's the goal of the of this org basically just let's run tournaments and do the the best ever at it kind of an idea kind of yeah so it all came about because we realized that the our local scene in the midlands in the uk was kind of dying which is why it's called team regen because we're trying to regenerate our local scene and we just sort of kept pushing ourselves further and further and we were like oh we're like somehow the biggest toing team in the uk (laughs) (laughs) because we just kept putting on events and every event would be like all right what did we fuck up what can we do better and that just got us so good at what we did so quickly (laughs) because we were constantly having that high level of introspection and looking at what we did wrong and what we did right shouts out to team region that's so cool i like that it reminds me of the countless tos who always said i messed up but I want to be better next time. So to hear the lessons I'm going to learn. That's so cool. So shouts out to team regen. Shouts out to you, Verd. You've, uh, you've, you've been here for, uh, for a minute now we've gone for about an hour. So I appreciate you taking the time. Let, like I said, player. like we have been saying, there are things that you're doing for this year, going into year seven, showing no signs of slowing down, but Hey, look, if anybody's listening and you somehow don't have a good person for taking pictures. This is a person that you can talk to, right? Especially if you are in the UK. But also, what about mainland <laughs> Europe? What about the United States? What if instead of spending lots of money on a prize pool, let's upset those top players and just focus on having the best daggum pictures that could ever be taken? I don't know how else to spin it because you're right. There's a, there's a hard cap on smash money and I understand and not respect it, but I understand that that is the limitation that we have. It just makes us somehow do even better better 
like a, like you were talking about with the like the the toing stuff. Yeah, it's tough, but then somehow you find a way. Part of finding a way is just working absurd amount of hours over a weekend to connect all the dots together. But shouts out to the, to you for doing that as well on the side, and for taking pictures and making that a whole thing. Good luck with your wedding in May. Not you getting married, but you're- I'm not the one getting married. Yeah, no. <laughs> you're taking the pictures at the wedding. Good luck with that. And yeah, I hope thanks. that if um, if you start to do more events, uh, stay close to Smash, I guess. Please don't <laughs> don't forget us down here when, you, when you're the best photographer in the UK someday or something, I don't know. But it was a real pleasure to talk to you. I hope that if we uh, eventually get the cross pass, it'll be because I'm at a at a big UK event someday. I just know for for this year, it's probably a no. Even though initially I wanted to, I was like, I'm going to go to something like Air or HF Land. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to something out in the UK or in Europe. This is going to be so cool. And then I got laid off. And then I go, mm. so never mind. Then not going to do <laughs> yeah. that. But hopefully someday and hopefully get to cross paths then, but you've been so cool to talk to And I hope that, yeah, I hope that all, all, all your endeavors this year work out really nice. I hope you have a fun 2023. <laughs> I will, I will, um, thank you. I'll let you tell the people goodbye, but stick around because we need to do the thumbnail after the outro is done playing, but, uh, please, by all means, uh, last, last goodbyes to the people and then we'll, um, do the outro. Yeah. So I guess thanks for listening and goodbye.